Hello, this is Evangelist Valerie Laurie coming to you with Proclaiming the Word of God. And today we're going to be coming to you with a word. And so we're going to be coming from Luke, the 10th chapter, and we're going to read at verse number 38. And it says, Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen the good part which will not be taken away from her. And then we're going to skip over and go to the book of John. And we're going to go to that 10th chapter of John. Excuse me, the 11th chapter of John. And it's the John, the 11th chapter. We're going to go to verse number 25. And it says, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And then go over to John, the 12th chapter, starting at verse number 3. It says, Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. And from these passages of Scripture, we're going to talk about choose the good part. Choose the good part. Choose the good part. We find here a story of a family. And this family starting off consists of a sister named Martha and a sister named Mary. And here in this story, we find that the sister Martha has opened up her home to welcome in Jesus, who had been out doing ministry. And it says that she welcomed him into her home. And I'm pretty sure that she welcomed into the home some of his disciples. But specifically, we know that Jesus is there, Mary is there, and Martha is there. And so it is that she's getting ready to give Jesus something to eat to feed him a meal. I looked at this story, and I know that when women are preparing something, they want everything to be perfect, everything to be done exactly right. And so Martha is busy in the kitchen, and she is stirring up a meal for the Lord. Her sister, though, at this point of time in this story, her sister is not in the kitchen helping her any longer her sister has Mary has gone to sit at the feet of Jesus and so Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus and Martha is in the kitchen and she's working she's busy 
She's still stirring up, if you can imagine, the green things. She's making the, the mac and cheese, if that's what you like. And there's still a few more things to do in the kitchen. And so the sister now is in the living room or in another room sitting and sitting at the feet of Jesus. Jesus is teaching as he always does because Jesus is always going to teach the word of God because he's been on the earth and he's presenting the kingdom of God to the people. But Mary is sitting at the feet while Martha is still in the kitchen working. Martha comes and she says to Jesus, she asks a question because I imagine that she needs the help in the kitchen. And have you ever looked at somebody who's doing something, not doing what they're supposed to do, and it makes you angry because you need their help and they are no longer providing you that assistance? And so you like, how can you go and do this? when I need you in here to help me with this. Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus. She's taking in that word of God. And Martha comes to Jesus because she is distracted with the servant in the kitchen. So she approaches Jesus and she says, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? She's thinking, I'm doing all this by myself. Can't you tell her to come in here and help me? Because that's what she says. Therefore, tell her to come and to help me. I think that Martha in life, because we have so many things going on with what we have to do with, with taking care of our families, with our careers, with the distractions that we have in life stop and think about it you can have your mind on wanting to do the things of the Lord and study God's word and to eat and to dine at, at God's table but then you've got to do the laundry you've got to run and do groceries but now we can order the groceries which made it a little bit easier but you still got to take care of your household You've got to clean the house. You've got the children to take care of. If the children are out in this pandemic and able to do some activities, you've got activities that you got to do. There's an electricity bill that's got to be paid. Gas bill got to be paid. Insurance has got to be paid. You've got to take care. Some of us are taking care of elderly parents. So there's so many things that come all at us at one time. So I look at Mary. And I look at Martha. And in this story, we're going to see that Mary and Martha seem to reflect those two sides of us. And so there's the, the side of us that is the spiritual side. There's the side of us that's the carnal side. But there's also a side of us that that is just things that we have to take care of that are required. Because the Bible says that he who deals with a slack hand, he's going to be He's going to be poor. So you've got to take care of the responsibilities that you have. you got to do what you need to do to take care of you in this life. Because 
It is necessary and it is required. But it's also required of us to walk in the spirit that we connect with who we are with God in the spirit that we take out a time where we sit at the feet of Jesus and we listen to the word of God. We listen to that, that, that the word that he wants to give us that we need to feed on, not just eat this natural food, but we need to eat this spiritual food, which is the word of God. There is a sitting at the feet of Jesus that when we sit at the feet of Jesus, that Jesus gives us this bread that comes from heaven. He doesn't, we don't just eat this natural food, just like the manna that fell from heaven that God provided that manna would last for just that that eating and the next day he would give fresh manna for them to eat so here it is that we've got to eat this word of the Lord so Martha pretty much I've I've served in the place of Martha and then I've been at the feet of Jesus because sometimes life can be overwhelming I remember watching a movie one time, and it's called Baby Boom. And in this story, Diane Keaton, um, she is a a high-powered executive that is single and has no children. But there's a death in her family, and so she gets an inheritance. And what she thought she was going to inherit was money, but she ended up inheriting a little girl. And so... When she inherited that little girl, her whole life shifted and it changed. The executive who once was able to just handle it all found herself with a newborn baby and feeling overwhelmed. And so and she ended up losing a relationship that she had with um, this guy. And she was left there to take care of this little girl, inexperienced, and having to do it all. So... One day, there's a scene where she moves to a house, and she moves to an old house. And when she moves to the house, there are so many things that keep happening. One particular day, she had just had it. The heat system or something had gone out. She found out how much it was going to cost. She was overwhelmed with everything. And it's like she had a meltdown. The next thing you see is her laying out, passed out. I believe she was laying in the snow where everything had overwhelmed her. She had had enough. Well, that's the way that I see this story here with Martha, working in the kitchen. And the things sometimes that bother us, it may be that there is one particular thing that sets it off. But don't you know that sometimes the things that bother us, it's not just that one particular thing. Sometimes it's a whole bunch of things that have bothered us. So I find here in the story that Martha is busy in the kitchen and that Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus. And so now Martha comes and approaches Jesus and he asks the Lord a question. And the question is, Lord, 
Do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? I'm in here working in the kitchen and she in here sitting down at your feet. She is in here sitting down and I'm trying to sling this food and get this stuff on the table. And she in here and I'm in here working by myself. Do you feel like that sometimes? Sometimes you just got it all by yourself. You're overwhelmed with the things that responsibilities that you have. Or you're overwhelmed and you've taken on too much and you haven't sit at the feet of Jesus. And that you are now irritated and you are frustrated because so many things are coming at you at one time. And you're taking all this burden burden in on yourself and you should have let the Lord help you carry this burden. He is a burden bearer. He is a yoke destroyer. And so now Martha is troubled. Martha is worried. And Jesus says to her and he answered and said. And I think that in that one moment he saw Martha in the in the midst of her work and he saw into Martha. He saw into the issues and the problems in her life. He saw into what she was going through because he says that Martha you are worried and troubled about many things. Many things were on her mind. She's in there serving the Lord trying to get the food on the table but he calls calls out and he speaks to her. He speaks to where she was right then at that moment that she's troubled about many things and so sometimes God has to speak to us about we are so cumbered about with the things of of taking care of the things within this world taking care of the needs and the things that we have to take care of that God has to call us back to speak to 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 sit at his feet and to come and to dine and to fellowship with him because he knows that we have a work that we have to do here on the earth but he's calling us to come and to sit and to dine at his feet to come and eat from his table to come and eat this food and to to eat this food this bread of life to come and drink from him so that we will have these rivers of living water flowing up out of our belly so that we will be able to not thirst again because we have tasted and and tasted and drank from the well of God that we have eaten the, the bread of life that he has provided and so he says Mary Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen the good part. So God is saying to us that he wants us to choose the good part. He wants us to choose to eat from his table. He wants us to choose to be in field with him, to be able to have that word of God, which is a living word of God that will strengthen us and that will illuminate us and that will get us to be able to be about what God has told us to do in this life. Martha is busy working and Martha is trying to take care of things. Martha is trying to do what she needs to do in life, just like you and I need to do what we have to do, the responsibilities that we can't just lay down, but we have to take care of those things. But we got to sit at the feet of Jesus. We got to hear what God says. We got to have these times of prayer. We got to have these times of fellowship with the Lord. So this is the story that we see here with Mary and
and Martha. And that Jesus is showing us that we got to dine with him. I believe that Mary took in the word of God. But I also believe that Martha took in what Jesus was saying. That you are cumbered about with many things. That you are worried about many things. He realized in the responsibilities. But she, I think she had the inclination in her. From whether you call it a rebuke or you just call it a correction. That you are uh, troubled about many things but you got to dine with me I know you got responsibilities I know you who are listening to me got things you need to take care of but you got to sit at the feet of Jesus you got to be able to receive from him because he is your strength so we see this is a family We've been introduced to Mary and we've been introduced to Martha. But when we flip over to John chapter 10, we're introduced to another member of the family. And this is Lazarus, their brother. But we find that where we want to start in this chapter, that there has been now a death in the family. And somewhere in between that time, we know that there has been a fellowship and a relationship that has been built up between this family and the Lord. Because here it is that Lazarus is dead. And so Jesus has been told that Lazarus was sick. But where Jesus was, he was ministering. And he ministered two more days. He heard that Jesus was sick. But by the time that Jesus gets to Lazarus, because they had wanted Jesus to come to see about Lazarus. But by the time that Jesus goes to see about Lazarus, Lazarus has been dead for four days. And so the, the, Jesus finally goes to the place, uh, goes and heads off to Bethany where Lazarus and his family were living. He goes to that place, and so now Lazarus has been dead. The custom is, is that when there is a death in the family, people do come around. That's just been the way that we have done it. The Jews have come around to give the support that is necessary for Mary and Martha in the death of their brother. So, with his death, the Jews are there. Jesus is headed to the town. And so there is a dialogue that's about to happen. And so I see a shift. I know that whenever the word of God, an anointed word of God comes in and it is said, that that word of God, even though you may not think that some things are getting in, God's word will not return back void. It will do what it is sent out to do. And so it is that I believe that the teachings of Jesus, they had taken it in. But somewhere here in the midst of it, that Jesus didn't come when he was supposed to have come. When they thought that he would come. He was right on time for the assignment that God had. But in our timing, we think that when we call for God, he ought to come right now. He needs to answer right now. So the Bible declares that Jesus had told the, his disciples that, that Lazarus was sleeping when it came up. That Lazarus was sleeping. And that 
I got to go that I might wake him up. His disciples was thinking in a natural term, well, if he sleeps, that's good, because when a person is sick, we want them to get some rest and sleep. They didn't know that he was talking about that he was dead. And Jesus came out and said it plainly, Lazarus is dead. I'm sure they got the understanding then. And he says that in that 15th verse of the book of John, in chapter number 11, he says, I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe, nevertheless, let us go unto him. And so Jesus is going to go unto a dead man. The Bible declares in the 17th verse of of, of uh, John that Jesus is going to a dead man that's laid in the tomb for four days. Bethany is near Jerusalem, and he's about two miles away. So he goes, and Martha hears that Jesus is coming. So she went to meet him, but Mary remained sitting in the house. So I see a shift and a transition here. So here it is now that the one who's going out to meet him was in the, in, in the book of Luke, was the one who was busy about things in the kitchen. Martha was busy about things in the kitchen. Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus, taking in the good part. And so you see a shift in the the response to Jesus. Martha now goes out to meet the Lord. And Mary is sitting in the house. Now, I know that something has transpired here. Because you can't hear that Jesus is, is coming. And then Mary who had sit at the feet of Jesus, she doesn't go and see. It's only the two of them. And it seems like there would have been uh, somebody, Mary, Martha, would have heard. Martha heard, but seems like Mary would have heard too that Jesus, he's coming. You know, when God doesn't do what we want him to do when we want him to do it then sometimes we even as Christians get an attitude with the Lord and I believe that there was something some dynamics going on here in the house because you know that we comfort each other in grief and so Martha had heard that Jesus was coming so I wonder how could Mary not hear that Jesus was coming and so I believe that Maybe there was some anger because if Jesus had got here, my brother would not have died. If you had come when we called for you, our brother would not have died. You know how we do. We expect our friends to show up. When we need them, we expect our friends to show up. We don't expect for them to show up later, but we expect them to show up when we call for them. But Martha, she gets up. And she goes out to meet the Lord. She leaves that house, but Mary is still sitting there in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, when she sees him, she said, Lord, 
because you speak out of your heart. You talk out of your heart. She says when she meets him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give it you. Jesus has this dialogue with Martha. He says, your brother's going to rise again. And Martha says, I know that he's going to rise again. But in the resurrection day at the last day. And Jesus makes this statement to her. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And she said unto him, she's got a revelation of who he is. Yes, Lord, I believe you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. So there's this shift. You can see how the word of God causes us to grow. You can see how sitting at the feet of Jesus has caused her to grow. Sitting at the feet of Jesus where she may have been cumbered about working in that kitchen. She's grown to a place in her relationship where I believe that she's listened at the teachings of Jesus. And that word of God is getting down at her heart. So she confesses out of her mouth that Jesus, you are the Christ. That's the revelation that she now has of who he is. You are the Christ. But the question is, is where is Mary? Mary is still, she is still in the house. She's torn by her grief. There may be anger in her because Jesus didn't come when he said he would come. Because our friends are supposed to show up when we call them. So then Martha when she had said these things to Jesus, she went her way and secretly called her sister. And I believe she did it secretly because she knew something was going on with Mary. She's grief stricken, but there was a call still to Mary because this is what Martha says. The teacher has come and is calling for you. We didn't see that back here in the back where Jesus had told her to go get Mary. But if the dialogue went in, the master is calling for you. The master is calling for you. He has come. Mary, though she was sitting in the house, whether she was in an attitude or not, she had an immediate response to the Lord. She had an immediate response that he has come. So he has come to see about them. She leaves the house. She leaves the house. Maybe it could have been that Martha told her secretly to keep from everybody from bombarding so that Mary could go and have a talk with Jesus. And so the Bible declares that Mary, she leaves the house and she goes quickly and she went out to talk to Jesus. The Jews were in the house and they're thinking she's going to the tomb to weep. Mary goes to Jesus, and Jesus hasn't left the place where he met Martha. I believe that 
sometimes we can't leave that place. I believe that there are spiritual connotations in things that we see in the natural that God is also trying to teach us because he didn't leave that place where Martha had met him. He and Martha had had a dialogue and sometimes we got to meet in the place where Jesus is so we can learn of him, that we can catch up with what he wants to reveal to us. She was at a geographical local. He was at a geographical location and Martha had told where Jesus was Mary went out to meet him and so when Mary got to that place Mary got to that place and she makes that same comment because she is she is tormented she is weeping but she falls down at Jesus feet and she is that's a a, a place of worship that's a place of worship. She started sitting at the feet of Jesus and she fell down at the feet of Jesus, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in his spirit and was troubled because he's moved by how we are hurt. But he's also groaning because they need to believe in him. He's moved with what we feel. He's moved by how we hurt. But they also got to believe in him. And he asked a question, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. The Bible declares that Jesus wept. But I believe that Jesus also wept because they yet hadn't caught on to the fact that he was the resurrection and that he was the life. That he could speak and that he could speak and death would have to go. That he was the one who could cause death to surrender unto him. And he asked that question, where have you laid him? And he said, they say unto him, Lord, come and see Jesus wept. And he also, like I said, he wept because he's moved by the infirmities and he's moved by how we feel. But he also is weeping because he knows that they are not at a place yet where they believe in him. He says to them, and they speak, and some of the people are saying, why this man who opened the eyes of the blind, why could he not have kept this man from dying? So Jesus goes, and he, he finds that here it is that Lazarus has been laid in a cave, and there's a stone in front of him. And Jesus makes the command, take the stone away. Take the stone away. I see another story of when there was Elijah who had prophesied and who had who was running now from uh, Jezebel that he was running from Jezebel and he had gone and hidden in a cave and in the cave the Lord had to come and had to deal with the prophet Elijah and in the midst of all the things the turmoil in the midst of everything Elijah had gone and hidden himself in a cave and then the spirit of the Lord had to pass by and the spirit of Lord passed by and when he passed by God speaks to Elijah in 1st Kings 19 11 13 and he tells he speaks to elijah and he tells elijah you go out and you stand on the mountain before the lord 
and behold, the Lord passed by, and a great strong wind tore into the mountain and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. He wasn't in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. So it was that when Elijah heard heard it, when he heard the voice, that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. God wants us to be able to hear him, to hear that still small voice speaking to us in times that are troubled. God wants us to be able to trust in him and to know that he is God. He wants us to be able to believe that what he says in his word, that it is true. So here it is that the Mary is weeping and that the Jews are weeping. And Jesus says, take the stone away. Take that stone away. Just as Jesus, as as the Lord passed by and he broke the rocks of the mountain right there with Elijah. There is a comfort that God gives to us when we are born again and redeemed. That still small voice where he speaks to us in the midst of distress in the midst of trials, in the midst of tribulation, in the midst of hardships, that I am the resurrection and life, that I can help you through these things. He speaks, and so he tells them to take the stone away. And then God knows that he has sent Jesus for this appointed time. Everybody is in place at this appointed time. Lazarus is dead at this appointed time because the glory of God is going to be shown therefore. And so he says unto him, he goes and Jesus says in this uh, 11th chapter of John, He tells him to roll the stone away. And then he takes and he lifts up his eyes. And when he lifts up up his eyes, he, he, he goes from a transition of looking and seeing their their needs and feeling what they feel and seeing their unbelief also in him. He lifts and transitions his eyes up to God, which means that when we are in a place of trouble, when a place of 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 really hurting on the inside in a place where we don't know what to do that we need to transition our thought from what we see to lifting our eyes up unto God lifting our eyes the concept of knowing that our God is in heaven so he lifts his eyes up unto God and he says in that 41st verse of the 11th chapter of John he says father I thank you that you have heard me I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. So God wants us to have that revelation of who Jesus is to us, who he is. He is our savior. He is our resurrection. He is our our life. He wants us to have that revelation of who he is. And so Jesus says, After he says, take that stone away, he cries with a loud voice and he says, Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus, come forth is what he says. And so it is that 
the word of God. It's going to do what it's sent out to do. I believe that the word of God is targeted. I believe that that specific word went out for Lazarus. And when Jesus called Lazarus, his ears were open. And when he said, come forth, the body had to respond to that thing that God had called him forth too. God had called Lazarus back. Jesus had caused Lazarus back to life. Come forth. And so here it is that we see he who was who was who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes on his face was wrapped with a cloth and Jesus said to them loose him and let him go I think that there is a every time I say that we can see things that happen in a natural but there is always a spiritual sense to it that we can learn from it also in the spirit here it is that he says that this dead man he got up the dead man got up because now he has been made alive but he's still bound he's got his head covered he's got his he's bound his hand and his foot they are bound he's got the grave clothes on and his face was wrapped with a cloth and so it is here that we see some things here even that relate to us in the spirit that when we have been born again sometimes some things are still born again made alive by Christ sometimes we have to get some things still removed from us that's why we got to sit at the feet of Jesus it says that his hands were bound and his feet were bound when we are still uh, uh, stopped and we are blocked we need our hands to be able to work to be able to build our hands need to be loose we need our feet to be loose because we got to walk on new territory and go take territory from God we need to have the grave clothes on because when we still got our our grave clothes on then we can't produce the things that we need to be able to produce because without taking off the grave clothes then we're going to be still walking in that spirit of death and no matter how hard we try to accomplish some things it seems like we just can't get ahead in the name of Jesus he wants to give us and put on this robe take off these grave clothes and put on the robe that he has for us so we can walk in that newness of life take off that covering that's wrapping his head because in the natural when you got a cloth wrapped around your head, you can't see. And the eyes represent the vision that God wants us to have. His head is wrapped around so that he cannot hear. God wants us to be able to hear that still small voice, to hear him when he speaks to us, to hear him when that rhema word, the logos written word, we're studying it and we can hear the voice of God speaking to us. He wants us to be able to hear him. The my his the napkin is 
on his faith. His mouth is bound. God wants us to be able to speak and to speak forth life, to speak forth that word, to proclaim what thus saith the Lord, to prophesy even over our own lives, to prophesy unto other what thus saith the Lord. Our, when the napkin is on, our nose is bound. God wants us in the spirit to be able to spell the fragrance, to have a discernment that when God enters to the room, we know that God is there. When the spirit of God is speaking, that God is speaking forth a thing that we need to hear, that God is all in this thing. So he says to him, loose him and let him go. Loose him and let him go. The spirit of God has come that we may have life and have life more abundantly. He wants to loose us and let us go. He wants to give us that life. He wants to give us that joy. He wants to give us that victory. He wants to give us the things of God to grow up and to mature in him, to eat the bread of heaven, to no longer drink milk and to grow up, to be dispersed, to be spiritually walking in him, his spirit connected with your spirit, him living in your body, you the temple of God, to take your eyes off of the things and the cares of this world and to see him for who he is. That is the word of the Lord. And so then we see in, we still talking about this family, the benefit that this family has had in the Bible. And then we move over to John chapter 12. And when we get to John chapter 12, we see that there's here's still this family and they are in Bethany. And it says that there they made him a supper and Martha served. She's still serving, doing what she does. And Lazarus was one of them who was at the table. And so it says that Martha, Mary, took a pound of a very costly oil of spikenard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. So Martha is working. Lazarus is sitting at the table brought back from death to life and here it is that Mary is right here anointing the feet of Jesus she's heard from God that this spike nard, this fragrant oil has been saved for the burial of the Lord so here it is that she's doing what God has said she sit at the feet of Jesus Lazarus is here sitting at the table brought back from death to life Martha is working in the kitchen but she's no longer complaining and Mary is here anointing the feet of Jesus anointing him with the oil and here it is that there is one who speaks up and we're talking about this family we see the growth of this family we see the connectivity of this family we see that this family is connected to the Lord and so here it is that Jesus one speaks up and talks about and we know this is Judas who would later betray Jesus but talking about could this oil not be saved for Jesus could this oil not have been saved not for Jesus I meant to say but this this oil could have been sold and we could have used the money for the ministry to take care of the poor but Judas didn't care about the poor Judas was a thief and Judas wanted to have his hand in the bag but Jesus makes a statement and he says that let this woman alone for she has kept this for the day of my burial. 
for the poor you have with you always, but me you do not always have. So here it is that there's, why did I tell you about this? Because there ought to always be a praise in your mouth for the Lord. There ought to always be something to praise God for. You ought to look at how God brought you through. You ought to look at how God taught, brought you out. You ought to look at the good things and the great things that God has done. You ought to see that God has brought you back from death unto life. You ought to see how God is a way maker. You ought to see how God is a burden bearer. You ought to see how God is a yoke destroyer. You see, ought to see how God is a lifter up of your head. You ought to see that God brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So you ought to put a praise on it. You ought to be able to give God a praise. You ought to be able to lift him up. You ought to be able to praise him. You ought to be able to worship at his feet. You ought to be able to receive from what what God has given you and praise ought to come forth out of your mouth. We see the growth of this family. Choose the good part. Choose the good part. Choose the good part. Amen. Amen. Well, this has been the word of the Lord. And I hope that I have said something that will give you the illumination from the Lord that you need and it will help you with your day. I pray that you will help me to spread the word of gospel of Jesus Christ and that you will help to uh, give somebody else my podcast. Amen. Amen. So this has been the word of the Lord. Help me to spread the good news about Jesus Christ. Choose the good part. Choose the good part. Until we meet again, this has been Evangelist Valerie Laurie coming to you with proclaiming the word of God. Be blessed and enjoy your day.